Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever, I am your host, Chris Gianta. Over there, across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well today. We got some postseason baseball to talk about, like we've been doing for the last few weeks. Uh, things haven't exactly gone the way that we've expected. Yeah, definitely on not. Bo- on both sides of the LCS. Um, yeah, I would... Uh... I would agree there very much, especially on uh, the National League side of things. Um, I mean, there's many ways you can look at the at the National League Championship Series. Uh, you could see, you could say, you know, Braves very well could have won the series by now if they didn't have a one blow up inning happen against them. Uh, but you know, the Dodgers also had their opportunities to win in games one and two. But I mean. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting ride in that it national has been. championship it series for sure. Has been. Yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, the last time we were we were talking here on the on the internet airwaves was, you know, Braves were up two nothing in the series, and you know we were saying, uh, Braves could clinch it in L.A. Um, we we thought it was, you know, we think it's going to go to, um, L- Los Angeles. And I'm thinking, like, where are we at on that now? Yeah, um, I think it's, it almost feels like it's expected at this point. Like, with Max Freed going tonight, Yeah, you gotta feel good about uh, the chances that they have. Yeah, um, you know, and the the Dodgers pitching situation is is questionable. Uh, I, I I think it's still to be determined for who's going to start tonight. It's probably going to... Yeah. The, the news is probably going to drop during the episode. I think it's probably Corey Knable again. Yeah, it it, it very well could That's, be. It just feels like it. Unless they want to throw... Unless, like, Scherzer's just like, I want to I want to go tonight and, and go on three days rest. Yeah, exactly. Because it's do or die. It's do or die at this point. Yeah, it is. Um, And Scherzer would be 100% up for it. Know. It's just a matter of whether, whether Dave Roberts would want to do that. I mean, he's... Uh, He's gone free will with Arias, so why not do it with with Scherzer? I have a stat. Um, this is a suspicion of mine, and it looks like it's coming true. I've noticed throughout the postseason against the Giants and against the Braves, the Dodgers have gotten X-fipped. Like, they've hit a lot of, like, long fly balls that have died at the wall. It Like, they had that whole wind game. It's been kind of happening a lot for them. So I, I did some digging, and uh, I came up with this. Uh, since 2015, when this all started being tracked, there have been 30 teams to have a postseason, a year in a postseason, where they throw at least 1,000 total pitches. Um, out of the 30, the Dodgers have a n- minus 73-point difference between their slugging and their ex-slugging. That is the, high, that is the lowest difference 
I guess the highest difference, whatever you want to call it, among those 30 teams. Biggest, biggest, uh, it's the biggest difference unlucky between the difference. two. Yes, the biggest unlucky difference. No team has gotten more unlucky than the playoffs in the last seven years. Minim- minimum 1,000 innings pitched on the slugging side of things in the 2021 Los Angeles Dodgers. That's fascinating. Yeah. That is fascinating. Um, yeah, they've, they've definitely seemed to have have their share of warning warning track shots. Yes. Um, you know, the... The the win the game three of the uh, of the DS was the most comical. Yeah, uh, it was because of the wind, obviously, but it didn't end up uh, hurting them um, in the series, at least. But yeah, it's been interesting to see. Um, I mean, do we want to uh, do we want to talk a little bit about about game three? Because this was a very interesting game to watch. Yes. Um, the Atlanta. It, well, first of all, like there's yeah, you go go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean uh. The Dodgers get out to a two nothing lead uh, to start, I believe. Uh, when it, for some reason, I forgot it was at five o'clock, and I just uh, I just blanked and missed the first inning. So, uh, yeah, Corey Seager comes through uh, like he did last year against the Braves. This time with a two run homer in the first, and uh, you know it's like all right, well you know the Dodgers they're showing up here. They're in they're at the Chavez Ravine. They've shown up and. Um, they didn't score until the eighth inning, uh, and in between that, you have no. They scored in the. Uh, they scored before that. Um. What the Dodgers in game three? Yeah, they scored and they scored two in. The, oh, oh, score again. Okay, never mind. Carry until on. the yeah. Until they didn't the, score again until the eighth. I I blanked and thought you said they hadn't scored period until the eighth. Right, right, right. I was like, um, no, they had two. But they yeah they had uh, about six or seven innings where uh, they were not able to push runs across uh that's a big credit to uh charlie morton and uh yeah you you know and then it's the top of the fourth bueller seems to be going pretty well um there's a you know an interesting uh interesting series of events that happens in the fourth you got a freddie freeman single you have a, a fly out to make it man on first and no outs then austin riley hits a deep shot it's uh it's going back. It's going back. Gavin Lux appears to be under it uh, a little bit. It pops in his glove and out. It's an error. Uh, Freeman goes to third. Riley goes to second. So now it's second. Now you got the uh, the tying run on second with uh, Walker Bueller. And actually, now I'm gonna. I should go back to the uh, Statcast um, exit velocity things because I want to see. I want to see when he when exactly he got babbipped because there were there were some things. When was the babbipage happening? When was the babbippery going on? Yeah. Um, it well it was the fourth, but it was there was the error by um, Gavin Lux in center. There was a pitch that Jock Peterson probably could have struck out on, and there was a there was another thing that happened. Oh, I think Dansby hit a ground ball that should have been fielded. Um. So by Seager, yeah, yep, it went off Seager's glove. They ruled it a single, but it was a play that Seager could have made. Right. Um. So you got uh, you got second and third one out. Back to it. You got uh Peterson, and uh, we're about to uh have a little shout out from our sponsor once again. Who but WV Mason? Damn right. It's gonna be uh making that. Yeah, just wait for it. Just wait for it. There we go. Perfect. I love it. Beautiful. Just like, you know, music to the years right there. Um, so, uh, Austin Riley reaches on his error. Uh, Walker Bueller 
gets kind of stiffed on a call, on a on a two strike call against Jock Peterson. It was a cutter. Uh, it was out of the zone, but like it very well could have been called a strike. It was, was it out of the zone? I, I yeah, remember. I looked. The I did. I just. I just looked at it. It was out, but I don't know. It was low. Well, it wasn't out of the zone, but it was low. I I, I want to. I'm gonna take a double check as well. I'll. Sh- I can show it to you right now. Because I remember on the broadcast, you know, we saw some broken glass as uh as we, as Dennis Eckersley would say, um, pitch three. Pitch three. I, that's not how I remembered it. That's not how I remembered it either, but that's how MLB, MLB.com has it. Screw it. It was a strike. I don't care what MLB <laughs> game day. I, I'm fair. I thought it was a strike as well. And uh, and Smith did a good job of presenting it as well. Yeah. Um. So I, I thought it was a strike when it happened, and I still kind of do. Uh, but anyway, uh, the you know Bueller maybe got stiffed on a call, and then uh, immediately after – Jock Peterson hits one 111.8 miles per hour on a line 10 degree launch angle line drive. That's going to be a hit just about every time. 870 expected batting average. He drives in both there. Uh, or no, he he drives in just Freeman. Yeah, makes it first and third. Then Duvall comes up. That's when we see a little babippery. I think it was a broken bat, a uh, single that blooped into left field. It was hit 78 miles per hour. Uh, that scored another run that tied the game. Then, after that, uh, a walk. Base is loaded now. Uh, Swans, the aforementioned uh, Swanson single that could have been played by Seager uh, once again. Uh, that one was hit 107 miles per hour at a 6-degree launch angle. It was a smoker. It had a 680 expected batting average, but uh, it was hit kind of in, in Seager's uh, area for sure and, and kind of right to him. Uh, that ended up scoring another run, and then the uh, last run was scored on an Eddie Rosario walk, which made it 4-2. to two. And then uh, in the next inning, the top of the fifth, uh, Adam Duvall had himself another RBI on a uh, on a single, and it was 5-2. to two. And it's, you know, as the innings go along, uh, we're seeing more scoreless innings. Uh, bottom of the sixth, uh, so Morton goes five. Bottom of the sixth, we get Minter. Uh, he's up and moving. He gets a scoreless inning. Bottom of the seventh, uh, Tyler Matzek, once again, scoreless inning. So now we're in the bottom of the eighth. Dodgers are down three. And it's like, wow, the Braves could really, truly go up 3-0 right here. And uh, do you want to get into the into the bottom of the eighth? I would love to get into the bottom of the eighth, Chris. So I just have to pull up the the uh, the box score right here. I, I can I got gotcha. you. I got it right here. So it starts with a Will Smith against Luke Jackson single. Preface, uh, Luke Jackson was one of the best Braves' best relievers during the season. He's also been very good in the postseason. So it's not to say that this was the wrong move, but Will Smith singles uh, on a – it was a ground ball single, so get babbipped. Then Justin Turner had a weak pop-up to second, and then A.J. Pollock also singled on a ground ball. So, I mean, you know, Jackson – Given up a couple of ground balls and a weak pop-up. Looking very yeah. good so far. Cody Bellinger comes up, and on a 1-2 pitch, he throws one high above the zone. It was also, what, 96 miles an hour, I think? Yeah. 95, yeah. 95.6. Um, not a, like, that's a 1-2 that's a pitch, like if you've ever seen one, you know? Yeah. And what does Cody Bellinger do? He hits it out for a three-run home run to tie the game. Right. And uh, I actually just watched this inning uh, before we before we recorded because I was at 
um, a much more important game, uh, uh, yep. Springfield women's volleyball That's right. versus Coast Guard, where they won in five sets. Big, uh, big win. Improved to 18-4, and four, I believe. Improved to 18-4. and four, Extended their winning streak to seven. So, How about uh, that? So check out the <laughs> full game story on scstudentmedia.com. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. Uh, so I, I just watched the inning, and – I can't even like blame Luke Jackson really at all for this performance. I think the Dodgers offense just really strung it together in this uh in this inning because, you know, Smith gets a single. Um Turner has a very good at bat that ends up uh in a pop up. AJ Pollock on a one two pitch that was a, a very competitive pitch is able to uh drive it through the middle on an uh, on an outside breaking ball, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And then um you know, Luke Jackson's ahead in the count once again, and he makes a pitcher's pitch. Um, give you know, all, I think the only thing you can really complain about is he had thrown him a high fastball the pitch before, but still, I mean, he, th- he threw it like three or four <laughs> inches that, that above the is, zone. That pitch is not meant to be hit for a home run. Yeah, by that, anybody. That pitch is meant to be uh, either taken, barely fouled off, or swung and missed at. Yeah, and uh, it was a home run. So I mean uh, I think that I think that's a real credit. Like, to if the you're Dodgers gonna if offense. you're gonna make contact with that ball, that's a pop up. Yes. It's not hit for a home run. And, yeah, I exactly. Mean, nothing to say other than you know he got a good piece. Right, right. So that's that's all I really have to say about the Dodgers offense. And then uh, immediately after, uh, Taylor hits a solid line drive for a base hit. Luke Jackson comes out. Uh, Jesse Chavez is in. And then he started the next night. <laughs> and he started the next night. Uh, Taylor got a Taylor got a stolen base, which is pretty clutch. Matt Beatty moved him over on a ground ball uh, to second, and then Mookie Betts on the first pitch of the at bat uh, hit a hit an RBI double, and uh, Kenley Jansen looking yeah looking like he has he's for most been, of the postseason. He's been very sharp. Yeah, one two, one, two three inning. I mean, didn't he strike out the side? Uh, yes, strikeout yeah. looking, strikeout swinging, strikeout swinging. Yeah, I mean nothing nothing better. Can't Correct. have a better outing. Correct. Um, so then it's like, all right. So after game three, we're like, all right, momentum's back in, in the Dodgers' favor. Yep. I thought for sure LA was winning game four. Like after like coming Ooh. off of that momentum, you, you don't lose you don't lose the day after that in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no doubt about it. And and you have the you have a great pitching advantage. You have, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Julio Arias on, on the mound for you. You got 20 and, bullpen tw- game. 20 and 3. Yeah, 20 and 3. 20 and 3. And we make fun of it, but he did have an ERA below 3 this year. Well, yeah, I mean, a 20 win season, like, that doesn't happen on accident. Yeah, and, and he had, like, he had a great, uh, he was what's great like, down the stretch. What's the worst ERA plus anyone has ever had in a 20 win season? Um, Let's. I'm going to go find out. Potentially Al Spalding. Probably. That would Potent- make sense. Potentially. I'm not sure. Um, but Arias, especially like in the last month of the season or couple months, cause I just remember his ERA was in the mid threes for most of the year. And then it eventually got below three. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got Arias and then it's, it's the Braves bullpen game. And it's like, what's, what is going to happen here? And, uh, it's the, the exact opposite of what you think was going to happen, uh, happened, you know, Arias just kind of, you know, not, not a good start there. You could. You could um, blame it on maybe some overworking of him. Uh, he has seen a lot of action uh, at and at a lot of random points in the postseason. Maybe not a lot, but just kind of ran, just randomly being thrown in there. And 
He allowed three home runs, four runs in total. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Dodgers offense was shut down for most of the night. So I just, real quick, yeah, hidden story there is the fact that the Dodgers uh, had four hits in that game. Like, yeah. That's a, the Braves bullpen. Like, you know, the story was in that, um, you know, the Braves offense exploded. Eddie Rosario almost hit for the cycle, but he had a second home run instead. Uh, Dodgers actually did have a better expected batting average this game than the Braves, even though they lost by seven. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, that's that's just process. That's not results. And L.A. didn't get the results against the Braves' bullpen, which I don't think anyone really saw coming. Uh, I just wanted to mention, um, I'm not going to count the 1884 season because that's stupid. Icebox Chamberlain in 1891 uh, went tw- had a 22-win season. With an, a 4.22 ERA, good for an 89 ERA plus. Ooh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wonder. He also had a higher walk rate than strikeout rate. I wonder, like, in 1891. Uh, I wonder what it would be like 20 win season with like less than five losses. Yeah. Um. Or like less yeah. than. Well, how many? Lo- oh yeah, dude. He went. Okay. Yeah. He went 22 and 23. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say less than 10 losses. Below 500. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Bless you. Uh, yeah, it's we we got we got a little bit of a common cold combo with the uh, above replacement radio right now. It's, you know, we're we're on a college campus, so we're yeah. surrounded by people. The flu season. Yeah. Okay, there have been twenty seasons all time with twenty plus wins and less than ten losses. And oh no, never mind. That's a lie. It it didn't load. Okay, there's over three hundred actually. Um, all right, let's see. Among them, the worst ERI plus on the first page of 300 is Lefty Gomez with a 97. Um, okay. All right. So, yeah. And he was on the Yankees. He absolutely was. So, <laughs> so it was 1932. The greatest, one of the greatest offenses of all time. Yeah. Makes yeah, 1932. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, the... The Dodgers, I guess, probably did get bad, but they only struck out four times yesterday. Yeah. <clears throat> they, I mean, they had a better expected batting average than the Braves, who scored seven runs more than them. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird. Weird yeah. how baseball works. Funny. It's a funny sport. It is a, it's a, it's a hilarious sport, for sure. To be fair, the Braves also hit three home runs, so that probably has a lot to do with it. That is true. Um, Sometimes home runs can like Eddie Rosario's home run. Well, I don't know which. Oh, his second home run had a, had a 6.80 expected batting average. Uh, Adam Duvall's had an 8.80, so that one makes a little more sense. Uh, Freddie Freeman's had a 7.20, and then Eddie's first homer—I don't know where it is. And also, I think we can, if we just go from yesterday, you can look up the expected slugging from each team. And yeah, you just can. Just using Statcast. Yep. Search. But you also have some stats a, on. It was uh, an eight seventy. Okay. You also have some stats on Eddie Rosario, I believe. Um. Yeah, Eddie Rosario. Uh. So far in this post in this series, he has a sixteen plus hundred OPS, and he became the first player in postseason history last night to have four hits, a triple, and two home runs in a postseason game. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Yep. You gotta get that button out. You gotta get that button out. I... Not not our stat. Sarah Lang's had it first, but uh, that is a stat. Yeah, so shout out to 
Sarah Langs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's take a look. I'll first look at the expected WOBA. Uh, Atlanta had 10 more points of expected WOBA on the night, which is not a huge discrepancy, obviously. And the uh, Braves also had 34 more points of expected slugging, which, I mean, still not a crazy discrepancy for one game. For a game that was a seven-point run differential. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, interesting for sure. So now, like, uh, so now here we are. It's a 3-1 Braves lead. It's going... The, the the game order is going exactly how it was last year. Yeah. However, I feel a bit differently because it's going to be the Braves actually at home. That yeah. I also I think this like this stretch has just been more convincing from the Braves. Like, remember the game three that they lost in 2020? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the game three they lost this year? Yeah. Very different games. Uh, for reference, Kyle Wright gave up I think 10 runs in the first inning. So that was a game that they were just out of early. Yep. Uh, and this year, the Dodgers had to fight for the one win. Like they had to, they had, it took a high home run pitch from Cody Bellinger. It took an eighth inning rally where they scored four runs to win that game. Uh, in game one, it was over before it's in game three in twenty twenty. It was over before it started. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the Braves wins. In the first couple games, I think they were a little closer. Game four was a little more convincing, but then... It was 10-2, yeah. Are you yeah, talking yeah. about 2020? 2020, yeah. Okay. Um, so so now here we, here we are. Braves have a chance to clinch in Dodger Stadium. They got, max, they got their best possible pitching option on the mound. They do. I mean... This might be the best chance that they have out of the three games to clinch. Uh, potentially. As crazy as it sounds, they're in Dodger Stadium... Like, Max Fried is the guy you want on the mound here. And then it'll be Morton Game 6, Anderson Game 7. Um, or the other way around. Yeah, other way around. Other way around, yeah. A Game 7 here would be extremely interesting. Yeah. If it's Morton Bueller at Truist Park, that would be interesting. And then it would be Anderson Scherzer at, at Truist Park again uh, for Game 6, if that happens. Um uh, unless Scherzer pitches tonight. By the way, with the Dodgers, everyone except for probably Arias is available. I would imagine uh, out of the pen. <clears throat> so yeah. it really could go any direction. So the Braves probably have less available than the Dodgers because the Braves are not in te- really do or die mode. Uh, so that should that should be interesting. It should be. I mean, yeah, I, I think this is this might be the Braves' best chance. Yeah, I, I that's that's the I think that's the take I would have. Right, um, that's that's all we really that's all we really can say because we don't want to make any broad assumptions or predictions. But that's that's all that's that's the facts of the situation right now. Um, all right, so uh, the the other series that has been going on, mm-hmm. three games have occurred since our last uh, recording. Um. And things were looking very good for Boston uh, on Monday night. They won twelve to three. That you know, you don't really have to go too deep into it. It's just everyone was crushing the baseball for the Red Sox, and uh, Erod had a, had himself a decent night. Then game four, that's if you know, 
if the Red Sox end up losing the series, Game 4 is going to be looked at the most yeah. um, because of uh, how things transpired. Everything is looked at very microscopically uh, when it comes to like decision-making and what th- what bounces could have gone which way, which which calls could have went which way. Um, that was uh, an extremely interesting uh, game viewing experience because, I mean, yeah, the Red Sox scored two in the first, Astros scored one in the first, and then uh, not a lot of action until a Jose Altuve home run to make it uh, two to two. Um, I mean, where, where, where do you want – where? What direction do you want to take game four? I mean, I'm just going to say, as a baseball fan, I try as little as possible to incorporate umpires in like a, in blaming a team for a loss or a win. And it's very it was very easy to blame Laz Diaz for, for the Red Sox losing that game, but the fact of the matter is the Red Sox went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Uh, they had multiple chances to put the game away in many different innings, and they never did it. They scored two in the first on a home run by Xander Bogarts. They had, they didn't score after that. Right, and actually, this is this is something uh, I found before the before uh, we recorded today. Was I was wondering, like, all right, where are the the offensive problems lying here? So since uh, since the beginning of Tuesday, where both teams, you know, both series, both uh, there's been two games that have been played. Uh, the Red Sox still lead in average exit velocity in these two games, and they're still striking out at a below average rate, which is 21.4%. Mm-hmm. It's all to do with how they're performing with runners in scoring position, really. Yep. They're 0 for 13 in their last two games with runners in scoring position. So Most of that was from one game. And yeah, most of that was from game four, um, which... There's a lot of directions uh, it could have gone had things been different. But anyway, back to your point. Yeah, back to my point. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna win games when you go 0 for nine, yeah. unless you unless you only rely on home runs. Um, right. And the Red Sox lost the game nine to two. the The real controversy was in the ninth inning. Nathan Yavaldi had, I believe, first and second, two guys out, and he had. Jason Castro in a one-two count, and he threw a curveball that hit the outside, the high outside corner. Was called a ball. I thought it should have been called a strike. I think everyone probably should have assumed it was a strike, except for Laz Diaz, uh, especially who would, especially since he had called a ball four outside to JD Martinez a strike. Um, right. It just, you know, it didn't. Go, the call didn't go the Red Sox way, and everything fell apart from there. Jason Castro hit a game-winning single. They scored seven runs in the inning, and I mean, like, the Astros, they did their thing. Like, you gave them extra outs, and they, they hurt you. That's how it works. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, eventually, Martin Perez comes in. Yep. Gives up a three-run double to Brantley. And uh, one thing we've been pretty right with, uh, for the most part, is... The Astros, uh, the Astros were a scarier lineup than the Rays because they can string innings together, mm-hmm. and that's c- exactly what we've seen in the past uh, two games. Um, we didn't see it as much in Game One. They did rely on the home run a, a little more in Game in Game One, but this is this is what we were talking about. But but uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it you know ended up just not going. Yep, 
not going the Red Sox way, and I'm trying to go back to the video of the uh, of the missed call there because um, it's a thing where you kind of hate the umps because if if it's not where a catcher's set up, they're a little less likely to call it. I think um, if if uh, I'm thinking correctly here, um, I'm. You know, obviously this isn't going to be put on... The Astros had three extra base hits in Game 5, and they scored nine runs. Right. That's nuts. And two of them came from Jordan. Two of them came from Jordan Alvarez. They had one walk. How many... Uh, Jesus, that's actually crazy. Right, right. Um, they had 11 hits, eight of them singles. All right, let's take a look here. Live watching... Some baseball. <laughs> yeah, and it, it wasn't Vasquez wasn't even set up that far away. No, that was from the target, or from the, where the pitch ended up. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. That's that's really tough. That's really tough. But you know, it's hard to let one call determine a game. And the way the Red Sox were hitting, it's probably still a little doubtful that they would end up winning that game. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's a tough break, but tough breaks happen in baseball. Obviously you can't put it all on that. Um, and yeah, there were a lot of things the Red Sox didn't execute in, which were partly why they lost the game, not just Laz Diaz. Um, <clears throat> so then we move on to game five. Uh, you know, it's, it's sale versus Valdez once again, um, you know, Sale allows just one home run to Alvarez in the second inning, but he looked he looked very good, much better than much better than he had been his previous two starts. Yeah, um, or previous previous three starts. Both both starters looked great compared to their last few starts. Like Framber had a a decent start against the White Sox. He had a bad start in Game One against the Red Sox. He was great last night. Right. Exactly. Um, I should look at the at the final lines, but it was eight innings pitched. Uh, I think, like two hits, one run. I know two hits. And, yeah, he did give up a run. Yeah, we had a we had a full out framber frambering. So yeah. I I remember in 2019 when when uh, Kevin Cash after Verlander went like eight innings, eight or he, seven he or eight innings outing. and had like eleven strikeouts yeah. and no walks. Kevin Cash said we got Verlandered. The the Red Sox got got frambered. They did, <laughs> no doubt about it, because uh, thirteen of the twenty batted balls he ended up giving up were negative launch angles. Yeah, uh, that's sixty five percent. That's dumb. Of batted balls being, and that's just un- that's just negative percent. Like that is that's not even counting. There was probably some like three percents in there, and two percents, and one percents. Uh, those are still ground balls. Right, right. Um, yeah, with uh, with with degrees there. Yeah. Um, yes. I think I think he had a seventy percent ground ball right during the game. That's nuts. Yeah, and and Sale, I, I don't know if it'll end up mattering, but Sale looked Sale looked very good. He did. Uh, it's not really part of the story because you know Red Sox obviously lost yeah. nine to one, but he had a very uh, a very like self defining fourth inning where he uh, struck out Correa and Tucker to end the inning, and he was throwing. Uh, he threw he threw his hardest pitch since before the surgery, uh, in that Tucker at bat, which was uh, crazy like to see. Ninety eight or something like that. Is 
98 yeah 98 and 98.5 like yeah so basically when you go to the decimal yeah which yeah that was encouraging that was very encouraging yeah uh as you would say and in total on the night five and a third three hits two earned runs uh there were some unearned runs there as well uh seven strikeouts two walks but it didn't matter uh because bullpen did not do their job and uh, the uh, the Red Sox got Frambert. They did. Um, Framber is like so many. I told Chris, like Framber's outing was just gonna cause a lot of uh, joy from the anti-analytics crowd because he was inducing a lot of ground balls because he's Framber Valdez and he does that better than anyone we've ever seen, like in our lives as a baseball fan. Possibly better than anyone since like the dead ball era when nobody struck out. Yeah, I mean statistically, yeah, it's been the Best ground ball, quote unquote, far ground, and away. Ground like, ball not even season close. you could ask for in the Statcast era as we know it now. Yeah, and it's not even particularly close. Like we not mentioned, even close. it's negative six degree launch average launch angle against. No one else is lower than negative two out of eight hundred twenty seasons. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we have to keep repeating it because it's that ridiculous. Exactly. Um, that's kind of just what Framber's been doing, and. He did it, you know, he did exactly what he was advertised to do. So naturally you have A-Rod coming out and having that tweet, the exact tweet that I said was going to come out where it was like, analytics departments, like pitching pitching to contact isn't a bad thing. You can get a lot of ground balls. It's like, first of all, what kind of analytics person is saying that ground balls from a pitcher are bad? Yeah. Uh, That's actually like the best case scenario outside of strikeouts. Yeah, the analytics people like uh, SIERA. Yeah. Which is very, uh, which rewards uh, ground ball pitchers. Yep, it does that, and it's also like Framber Valdez. Yeah, it's also it's literally like if there's one person that you can just easily tell to pitch to contact, it's like for like Freddie Peralta has like a 21 degree average launch angle against. Like you don't want to tell him to pitch the contact. You want him striking out as many guys as possible. Right, right. Like um, it's yeah with 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 Framber Valdez, it's like um. It's like with Ichiro Suzuki. It's like, yeah, you can tr- go out and try to hit infield singles, but I'm not going to ask Adam Dunn to also do that. Yeah, yeah, like that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, not. That's just not how you're going to win baseball games. Yeah, it's it all it all depends on individualism and just how that person is and getting a feel for what they like. And Framber Valdez is the the ground ball guy. Yeah, he is. He is like the ground ball guy. I want to see if he's ever faced Eric Hosmer. Um, I'm going to find it. We may have tried to find it. Um, before, um, maybe it was just Aaron Bummer we, we tried that out with, but... I mean, Aaron Bummer probably, eh, I guess they weren't in the same division, because I think... Oh, yeah, look, number one trending pitcher for Amber Valdez. Yep. All right, we're looking at every year. Did he debut last year? Um... Or did he pitch in I 2019? Think he pitched I think he pitched a little bit in 2019. I think he did, But he too. was a rookie last year. Oh, he pitched in 2018. Wow. Um... Yeah, I need to see if he's ever faced him. Yeah, like the way Valdez was going, it was going to be hard for the Red Sox to uh, win that game. Mm-hmm. So that makes you want game four all that much more. But, uh, you know, we said uh, before this series of three games at Fenway, we said that the winner of these, the, the team with the most wins in these three games is probably going to win the series. Um, I, I might stand by that, um, especially the way the Red Sox offense has gone over the past couple games. 
however, you know, I think situational hitting can be hit can be fixed a little more than if they're just striking out a lot or uh, not hitting the ball hard. So, uh, you know, game six, we've, you know, the Red Sox have Eovaldi going. He's had a relief appearance in between his starts. Um, it's Eovaldi in, a, in an elimination game. We haven't really seen much of him in elimination games, but. No, we haven't. Which is odd because uh. he's built such a great postseason resume. But, uh, you know, do or die game. You got Eovaldi versus. Uh, have Has Houston announced their starter yet? Is it going to be Garcia? Luis Garcia? Yeah, Bob. Well, Bob Nightingale announced it. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be Christian Javier on the yeah, mound, it is. Uh, probably. But um, by the way, Bob tweeted out saying like, "Champagne is on ice. The Braves are three are up three to one. Like that can. Why would you tweet that? Like that can only end badly. Right. Yeah, like it gave me less confidence in the Braves, that's for sure. Like, what other writer do you see? Like, imagine if Jeff Passan was like, put the champagne on ice, the Braves are up 3-1 to one in the series. Yeah, in like, general, like, not even you if never. you're Bob. Like, if you're a baseball writer, you shouldn't be saying that. Like, if it's if it's 3-0 and you're up, like, 6 to nothing in, like, the eighth inning of Game 4, then you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, someone hits a three-run home run to make it 6 nothing. like, you tweet it then. But yeah. that's that's just very weird. Especially when this exact scenario played out last year. Yeah, exactly. And the Dodgers ended exactly. up winning the series. It's so dumb. Surely the Braves have never thrown, blown a 3-1 lead to the Dodgers in the NLCS. And and surely it wouldn't be with uh, similar rosters as as this year's. Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, uh, for Amber Valdez has faced Eric Hosmer once. Unfortunately, it was a hit by pitch. Uh, so we never, we've never truly seen it. Yeah. Uh, which you know, it's not not fun, but oh well. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Now we now we look ahead with the Red Sox and the Astros. Uh, so it's Evaldi versus Garcia. The the thing to be optimistic about with the Red Sox Astros from a Red Sox perspective is Red Sox won games two and three. Those are going to be the matchups for games six and seven most likely, unless. The Astros call an audible for Game Seven, which I wouldn't doubt that happens given the performance of Rikidi last time. Yeah, but uh, you know, you, you've you've won, you've already won both of these matchups in this series. Um, what, what are you thinking about it? I think this series goes seven. I yeah. agree. I think it does. Um, I I mean I don't know. Like it's all this is so this is so tough because. Houston did like what I did not expect Houston to come out and win two games in Boston. I really did not. Yeah, me neither. Um, but they did, and obviously going back to Houston, like you have to imagine the Astros have the advantage, and they certainly do. I do think the Red Sox get one though. I mean that like when you look at the Evaldi Garcia matchup that happened last time, I don't know how deep Garcia is going to go into the start. I don't know if he's still hurt or not. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Um. I wonder. You know what? I bet they do. I bet if they win tonight. Or if the Red Sox win tonight, I could see Jake Odorizzi going in Game 7, given the performance of Rikidi. Like, maybe they have him and Rikidi face the lineup once. True. True. That could, that could very well happen. I could see that one transpiring. And then I'm assuming Eduardo Rodriguez would just go for the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, that that very well could happen. Um, you know, I think uh, I think being at Minute Maid is going gonna, is gonna to make a little bit of a difference mm-hmm. um, for, for both games. Uh, I think with the Red Sox, you you kind of have to pounce a little earlier, 
get that crowd di- uh, died down a little bit, kind of like in game two, where, I mean, obviously you're not going to hit two grand slams back-to-back innings. No. It's not going to happen. But not you get, realistic. You get a couple runs out on the board in the first few innings. Um, you need some shutdown the Red innings Sox have from scored, your starters. The Red Sox have scored, like, all their runs early this series. Yeah. I think, like, at least 90% of the runs have been in the first, like, four or five innings. Yeah. Uh, Houston's bullpen's been very good. Yeah, get late and close. Uh, I know that's a split on baseball reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> late and close. Get late and close, although some some of the time it hasn't been closed. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, Red Sox need to get some runs early, get some shutdown innings from their starters early because, uh, as we've seen, bullpen versus bullpen, the Astros have been winning um, for the – yeah, yeah. That, game, is, that is the reality. Game one, that was the case. Game four, that was the case. Game five didn't really matter. Game five, it didn't really matter, but... Yeah. But even in games two and... Uh, maybe not game three, but even in game two, like... Yeah. It was, it was what, uh, five nothing from innings four on? Yeah, in the, in the Astros' favor. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you, you know, with the Red Sox, you got you to gotta get out to early leads. Um, with the Astros, if you're somewhat even early... Very good, very good sign for you, especially having the home field advantage. Absolutely. So those were my, those are my uh, Tim McCarver keys to the game. Yep. You see, uh, you see, Joe. He 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 was the Troy Aikman of yep. baseball. Um. Yeah. He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't like that oblivious though. He wasn't that oblivious. Like Troy, no. Troy Aikman would be like, "Now see, that's a first down, Joe. That means that they get a new set of downs, and if they run out in the next three, they have the option to kick a field goal, or they could go for it. But if they don't make it on that, they have to give the ball away to the other team." <laughs> um. So yeah, those those are our keys to the game. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, actually, I think we should get to some kind of some secondary. <clears throat> Secondary MLB news because there's yeah, been what has been happening. Uh, Aaron Boone got extended. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next next topic. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm shocked. I did not see this one happening. I thought I thought one guarantee of this offseason after the Yankees lost the wild card game was Aaron Boone was getting fired. There was no way a team that was projected to have the best record in the American League who then finished 92 and 70 with the third best record in their division losing in the wild card game who also has only won one playoff series if can you if you can even really count that over the last 2 years. Uh the the manager of that team is still in good shape. I would never have guessed. Yeah, no. Definitely not. And it's it's weird to be like looking at Yankees Twitter and agreeing with most of what they're saying. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I think it's pretty obvious. This guy should not be in a job anymore. He's only had one. He's only had one season where he's kind of outperformed expectations out of four. Yeah. And the others were pretty much, uh, you know, 2018, I guess you win a hundred games, but you're, you didn't win the division. You know, what's crazy. The Red Sox are already at the point where Aaron Boone's like best team went, ALCS Game Six. Um, yeah, that's true. Cause yeah, 2017 it was Girardi. Yeah. Uh, when they went to seven. Yep. That's unbelievable. The Red Sox have rebuilt in between Aaron Boone's tenure. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, I think yeah, that it it's just shock. <laughs> it's just shock from it's my unreal. end. It's unreal. It's a shock from my end too. 
And I mean, like, I think that says more about the Red Sox than it does the Yankees, which is, that's not what we're talking about right now, but it is mind-blowing how all that has transpired over the last four years. Right, <clears throat> right, and it, it and it seems kind of like anti-Yankee way, you know, we it's, obviously it's not uh, George Steinbrenner's team anymore. No. But, like, if you're not, if you're underperforming expectations uh, repeatedly like you have at least the past two years, you know, and he's already not really well-liked in the town, you, 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 you try another guy. I know it won't happen. But like, or I don't know. I I don't want to say it won't happen. Yankee fans won't want it, but they should sign Correa this off season. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, because they I need know some Cashman Cashman said that like shortstop is going to be a priority, and they want to move Glaber to second. I don't know where DJ Lemayhu goes in there then. Um, like, does he go to first, and they trade Void? Don't give, don't bring back Rizzo. Like, because they said they they want to address shortstop. They want to move Glaber to second. LeMahieu has had some time at third. He has had some time at third. Urshela wasn't, wasn't quite the guy last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll try to shop Urshela around, but I don't really see Urshela, that Urshela, yeah. I mean, Urshela's peak seems to have been in 2019 at this point. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's what they do. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, but, you know, we we don't know a lot about what the Yankees will do in the offseason outside of shortstop, but we know we are they are not manager hunting. No. Uh, and, you know, Cashman's still around as well, uh, which, you know, I, I don't think Cashman does a does a bad job. For the record, I don't think Aaron Boone even does that. I mean, I don't think he's a bad manager. Maybe he just isn't a fit for that team. Yeah. But also, like, the Yankees, like, I talked a lot about their batted ball statistics and their their expected <laughs> numbers, and they got they got BABIPed and XFIPed a decent amount this year. Yeah, well, I feel like XFIP is just due to happen. I'm sorry, uh, X slugged. Oh, X slugged. Yeah. Um, Not X fipped. Yeah. Uh, X, no, <laughs> Yankee you're, Stadium you're right. should just be called X yeah. Stadium. Yeah, facts. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, X slugged is very different at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, it it's is. It's like not supposed to happen. Yeah, not That's at all. That's why the pitchers get X slugged. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. Um, so I guess, yeah, they were a little unlucky throughout the year, but. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's like, uh, you know, upper management just liked. Uh, it could be the conspiracy that Boone is just doing what upper management wants him to do, mm-hmm. so they're keeping him around because, you know, they they he doesn't ignore what they or he does pretty much only what upper management tells him to do, um, which is you know it's it's a theory, it's not a fact, but uh, it could be very true. Um, other than that, I think that's. That's like the only reason, only thing I could think of, really. I think the Yankees, like, other than signing a shortstop, their number one priority this offseason has to be extending Aaron Judge. Yeah. He's going into a walk year. Uh, that's not a guy you should let leave under any circumstances. Yeah, you know, you're going to lose the fan base a little bit if... Especially if they don't win the World Series next year. Yeah. Like, regardless of, even if they go to the World Series, if they, if they just barely lose in Game 7, like, if you don't win the World Series and you don't bring back Aaron Judge, you're going to lose this. I mean, you're not going to lose the fan base. It's the Yankees. They'll be there regardless. Right. But you will you will make an enemy out of a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Like It's the way to put it. If in 2023, Aaron Judge is not on the team and Aaron Boone is. <laughs> yeah. And, and they still have 27 rings. <laughs> that is... Uh... That would be very, very, very bad um, 
from a Yankees perspective. Um, yeah, and, and Aaron Judge has, after a year like he had this year where he performed like Aaron Judge and he played, what, 140-something games? Well, 148. 148 yeah, like he stayed on the field. He had thirty. He had a 916 OPS, 149 OPS plus, 39 home runs. Uh, only, he only had 98 RBIs, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll let him walk. Selfish. So uh, the Yankees are going to let Aaron Judge walk. He might take, like, the qualifying. Uh, he could take the qualifying offer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, he's not an uh, elite uh, run driver in or like Adam Duvall. Not like, he's not Jose Abreu. He's not, he's not Jose yeah, he's not Salvador Perez either. Right. Man, no one's like Salvador Perez, man. Yeah. Gold glove defense. <laughs> defense. Yeah. Uh he's people people say he's like he's like uh what was it, Mike Piazza offensively and, and Yadier Molina defensively? Yes. Literally Spader said that. Why would you ever say that? What what point what defensive metrics point to that? None. Yeah, people people really want to like him. Was that was that a commentary on Yachty being overrated? Like, right? <laughs> yeah, both guys being overrated. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Aaron Boone got extended. Also, yeah. um, there's been there was some news like last week about um, what was the thing with the um with the MLB package? Oh update? yes, um, MLB is. In the works, none of this is official, but the New York Post uh, had that they are in the works of getting a universal streaming service, which I'm assuming would mean no blackouts. I'm hoping it means we can watch games in the playoffs from said service. That's obviously huge. And then uh, minor leaguers, minor leaguers got housing. Yeah, they are getting housing. Thank God. <clears throat> um, Bullying works. Yeah, they... They do not have to have host families anymore, but it's also a thing of, you know, you have to be, you have to kind of keep your eyes peeled because they said housing. Yeah. I don't know if they're guaranteeing a certain level of housing. I mean, whatever it is, it's probably better than what they were going with beforehand. Right. Like where we're, we're paying guys $1,600 a month to to get their own place. And also pay other expenses, like yeah, <clears throat> I like the quality of housing. Like I'm sure that'll get out there, and there might be some issues here and there, but players won't have to buy their own housing, which is huge. Yeah, yeah. It would, from a journalistic perspective, it would have been uh, interesting to go into one of those host families' houses because um, uh, someone wrote an article, and it was like how this is bad for like host families. Yeah, I, it's like who cares? <laughs> yeah. This is way more important than like than host families. Is like obviously, you know they do very respectable work, but this isn't about what they're missing out on because it's about it's about making sure people don't go into mental health crises every day. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. To to add an anecdote to that, like um, both of us have done, both of us worked for a New York Penn League team at one point, right? Yep. Um, New York Penn League is not is not uh, associated with Major League Baseball anymore. But I was I was working for the Connecticut Tigers in 2018 in their very dwindling years. Yes. When man, no one was showing up to anything that wasn't on a Saturday. Um, but I worked with I worked side by side with someone who um, was part of a host family, and it's like 
you know, they have a, they had a big house and they had like, uh, like five guys there along with like their own family. So like, you know, it, it, it's okay for a host family, but if you're a, like, uh, a, a dude in his maybe late teens, early twenties, and you're spending a summer with this family, you don't really know and you don't really have the privacy you want. Yep. It's not the it's not the best option. So it's good to see Major League Baseball doing the the minimal amount to uh help them out. Very true. Um because ultimately also this is going to lead to better performance from the minor leaguers which is going to lead into the, into Major League Baseball um because they you know there's there's many different avenues you can go but I know their nutrition is is terrible as well. Yep. A lot of these guys are losing 10 to 20 pounds throughout a season when they should be um, either maintaining the same weight or, or gaining weight because they're kind of younger and less developed and they're getting like peanut butter jelly sandwiches before a game. Um, You know, that's the worst case scenario, but uh, that, that has been the case. So it's just, you know, things, uh, things are going to keep on rolling in the minor leagues and thank God. This was, I mean, it's sad that this is such breaking news. Like, this should have been, like, a, a no-brainer, but it's not what happened, so. Yeah, it, and uh, I think it's a thing where, like, luckily, luckily in the past few years, this has gotten more and more pub- publicity mm-hmm. because, as you said, bullying works or just, you know, having any pu- publicity against them works yeah. because. Because, you know, like, this would still be going on if no one spoke up about anything and Major League Baseball wasn't back into a corner. Yeah, and that's how that's how stuff gets done, right? Exactly, and it's a thing where probably probably doesn't, probably isn't making a dent in uh, in any financial realm. Yeah, for Major League Baseball, I mean, like that's how Major League Baseball has functioned. They don't make changes to their problems until they're addressed as problems. Like obviously, the minor leagues are a thing. Uh, possibly blackouts are going to end because people complain about them. Blackouts have been happening for years. Like, I started watching MLB TV in, like, 2012, 2013. They were a thing then, and no one really started speaking up about them in the over, until, like, the last few years, and now we're getting this possible service. Um, the Astros cheating scandal, there was not an investigation open until there was print out there. They had been notified multiple times in the years before, and they did nothing. The, the uh, spider tax scandal, like, this year, like, that was very, very recently where they knew it was going on for years, and they stayed stagnant on it until there were reports out there that it was happening and they had to do something. This is how Major League Baseball functions. They won't do anything until someone brings it up. Right. I'm actually wondering, like, did, there's that Baseball Doesn't Exist YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, just that guy making that one video that happened in, like, November, December had a little bit of an impact on how Major League Baseball was looking at the foreign substance yeah. thing. Like, th- like... Did did that thirty minute video by a, by a random guy? Someone like, had to have seen it in Major League Baseball's offices, right? Yeah, because I mean, like maybe Manfred hasn't seen it, but someone who's in contact with Manfred had to have seen it. Yeah, They're like guys, like they know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because um, I mean, it, it it got a fair amount of views, you know, several amount, yeah. several hundred thousand yeah. at least. I don't know if it got into the millions, but uh, a lot of baseball fans saw it. Yeah. So yeah, Major League Baseball making some positive changes, streaming services, and it's, it's like uh, like uh, b- 
even happening before the uh, CBA is getting changed. Right? Yeah, maybe it's that's just a, big. Maybe it's just a precursor to that. Hopefully. Um. So that's good. Maybe it's. Maybe it's like just uh, the MLB catching up and being like, "What do you mean we haven't made improvements?" You know, we look, look, look what look. we do. Uh, I, that's what I'm scared of. Is like, this isn't the end of the fight for minor leaguers. Like they still need to be paid above a li- a living wage. Yeah. Um, especially for you know Major League Baseball that makes tens of billions of dollars in revenue. Right. Like they, I'm sure they can afford to pay their minor leaguers you know more than sixteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah, uh, and it, like I'm, that's what I'm scared of is Major League Baseball is going to be like, no, look, we did it, we saved the day. Yeah, and you've you've cut out a lot of these um, single A teams. You've cut out 20 rounds of the MLB draft. If you're going to do that, and you're going to limit the roster spaces for your teams, now you have to make up for that financially and give the money that you were going to give to those guys. Absolutely nailed it. And give it to uh, the current. That's another minor point. Like they players. took out so many jobs. Only to give the the few that remain with jobs the same salary. Right. I, there, I haven't heard any reported changes, but like if you're cutting out 20 rounds... I think they did up their salaries a little bit, but not proportionately. Right. Not even close to proportionately. Right. Proportionately should, you know, it should be proportionate for yeah. sure. Um, you know, I think they, yeah, they're making around fifteen, sixteen hundred a month. Um, it should be... Should be probably close to double that, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, at least, at least, um, especially because you know they're not even making that the whole year. They're making that for a very that's for a, a select few months. Um, it's uh, it's pretty messed up, but it's the business, as they say. Uh, was, was there any 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 other headlines that happened? Nothing that I can think of. Um, do we want to like uh, predict how we think? Yeah, let's do what, it. What we're going to be talking about on Monday? Yeah, um, I think on Monday we're talking about the legacy of playoff Max Fried. Uh huh. And I think we're talking about. I think we're talking about one of. Ron Washington or Dusty Baker getting a ring. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Man. It- like uh, the tables have turned. The, those three games at Fenway really shifted my view of the series. Right, right. Um, and it 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 will suck if uh twenty twenty, if both in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one we had the Astros and Dodgers in this in the yeah, CS, right? And they just miss each other both years because the, because one of them loses. <laughs> yeah, that that would uh, every, yeah, that would suck. I mean, because I think the. I think the flavor of the rivalry would only work this year because Correa is there. Be, this year would be Correa is there. There's actually going to be fans. Like last year, it would have been like, "Oh, dude, cool. It's it's a game in front of twenty thousand people with in Texas, nonetheless. All of them in Texas. Yeah, like that's not that's not fun. <clears throat> this year would be the good stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't be fair in uh, in twenty twenty. No. Um. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking. I mean, I, I like I like Max Freed for the Braves tonight, but I think it'll be hard to win uh, to to clinch in Dodger Stadium. Although it's I was it's happened about, before. I was thinking about it. If the Braves win tonight, they become the third NL East team in the last seven years to uh, clinch a series at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, and I guess let's I, go Phillies and Marlins. Let's get it done. I know the series format is different, but it would be in a yes. game five. 
Outside, in, yeah, always in a game five, yeah. That is very true. Right. Um, okay, so what am, what am I thinking? I, I, I don't really know what's going to happen in, in game five. That's, that's kind of how sports work. That's how sports predictions work. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen. I don't really know what's No one gonna knows happen. what's going to happen. Um, I'll say... Uh yeah, I'll say I'll say Braves get the Yeah, I'll say Braves get the win tonight. And uh just like we predicted, series ends in five games. Yep. And uh um, nailed it. You know what? I'll stick I'll I'll ride out I'll ride out my Red Sox in seven okay. prediction. That's what you had. Um, Might as well. Because it's like, you know, they can't go they can't keep not getting runners with scoring position in <laughs> they can't go they can't continue their streak to like 0 for 25 that is true at least that's how it is in my head <laughs> maybe yeah. they, they they sure for could. an offense that scored 21 runs in two games just you know a, a couple days ago <laughs> feels like feels like that's a little weird yeah all right if only, if only they save their runs you know what i'm saying chris yeah just scatter them across come on just acting like straight yeah. fools in game three. Um, yeah, in our in our house we we make fun of the of people who are like yeah. they're scoring their runs too early. They're wasting their runs right now. The worst, and I've said this to you, the worst is the is the um, home runs kill rallies people. Yeah. It's like well, you know, you don't want to hit a home run there because like now, now they have to restart and have the bases empty again. Right, right. It's like I know, I know it was tied and now they're up three, but geez, you know, <laughs> I think I understand they just more. got. I understand they just got two guaranteed runs instead of having a chance to get you know a couple more, but I mean that's a that's a problem. I understand they were down three and it was the bottom of the ninth and he just hit a grand slam and the game's over now but i mean they could they really could have used a yeah a, a better more efficient rally there yeah seriously <laughs> i mean you want to work guys around work the base paths yeah know, it's not, old not school you, stuff yeah day one on day one baseball stuff we want babip yeah we want yeah we want some babippery <laughs> um all right so we we hope you enjoyed this one uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran, and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And uh, we hope you enjoy this one, and we hope to see you on Monday, where we are recapping both L- LCSs and what happened, and we are previewing the Fall Classic, the World Series, the World Series. See you Bye-bye. then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.